0: Hello, the internet,
2: and welcome to Season 312, Episode 4 of Your Daily Zeitgeist! Yeah! Wait, was it just 311? What's what's going on here? Oh, so, somewhere in the mix, the, somebody yeah, the dock, came something. in the dock, changed it to 312. This 311 erasure yeah. will not stand.
1: Okay, wait, are we doing this? Are we keeping this? We... I think we should
2: keep it, okay. because there's a conspiracy to uh, paper over season 311 like it's not happening, like it's the 13th floor elevator. Yeah, Yeah, come on, super producer Victor, apparently. I mean, you know, (laughs) we're going to have to dig into his anti-311 bias. Anyways, they're uh, from Omaha, I think. Yeah, so who (laughs) knows when they crossed paths and wronged super producer Victor but it definitely happened. <laughs> Anyways, it's uh, Season 311, Episode 4 of Dirt
0: Deadly's Eye Guys. Yeah! Hey,
2: Production of iHeartRadio. Mm-hmm. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. And it is Thursday, November 2nd, 2023. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is our first full ep after Halloween. Yeah. A happy day after Halloween. Yeah, to
1: you exactly, or two days, but yes, two as days, we record, yeah. you know. Oh, uh, so, crow flies. What is today? It's National Men Make Dinner Day. Wow! That's wow, equi- A that. quality on the way. Just one day. Just one day. Make men make dinner today. This first Thursday in November. Uh, then it's National Deviled Egg Day. I'm with that. Uh, National Broadcast so those Traffic. Two are probably tied day. together a little bit. Maybe. Dad <laughs> Honey, made I, made <laughs> <laughs> I made deviled eggs. I made deviled eggs as the main course, <laughs> darling, with a bag salad. Uh, yeah. And then also, oh, Jack, this one's for you. National Ohio Day and hey, All yo. Souls' Day. I don't know what all. I know it's All Saints' Day and Day of the Dead. Oh, this is apparently about Oh, this is some religious stuff about purgatory And, it, and to that I say Who's to say this isn't purgatory Ah, That's let's right. get philosophical, uh-huh. shall we Aha
2: uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And happy all, all, all Souls Day And <laughs> with your spirit My name's Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. It's what it's And it's now or never These pants won't stay dry forever I'll just blame the stain on water ice. It's what it's urethra like an open highway. <laughs> I just had to get to the urethra like an open highway. Oh, wow. Uh, courtesy of Lacaroni on the Discord. And I'm thrilled to be joined. As, by the way, that song, It's My Life. Usually when, when there's a song that I have to do for an AKA4, I'll go back and listen. And I'm always like man that that song actually is really good like yeah. they, there's something about this production like that when i listen to it as a song really stands out and i'm like hey, you know there's some good song right this one no such luck i was like <laughs> man, what, what the fuck is john bon jovi doing with his vocals in this shit he's like <laughs> he sounds like he's doing like a a joke about like yarling voices it sounds like he's like making yeah. fun of the singer of nickelback but anyways uh we love you john we love you, Yanny. Thrilled to be joined as always by my co host, Mr. Miles
0: Gray.
1: Whoa 311 is the season of the TDZ Whoa That's an intentional use of a redundant <laughs> The Wavy Pumpkin yes. We get the T and TDZ is for the And you still did the TDZ, the TDZ. We get it Thank like you it. for that Giving all respect to the Omaha Nebraska too. Rap, rock, reggae band 311 Okay that is you they Pumpkin. were not
2: white supremacists whose band name uh, signified KKK. kkk no right
1: they, they, they were very clear they're like we have nothing first of yeah. all what the fuck are y'all talking about i think it was like the room number of their like band room in high school yeah i think it has something to do with the high school and not that's why i remember i was about to go to 311 show and I, I was like wait i, I just want to make sure i'm not gonna be around some weird skinhead people but they've right. been pretty clear we're like no we're not about this shit ever (laughs) so please please miss us with all of these readings into the name
2: well miles we are thrilled to be joined by a wildly talented musician it's always fun to have a wildly talented musician on when we sing off key i'm singing off key (laughs) john bon jovi covers about pissing my pants
3: or the mouth trumpet that was pretty good i don't know the mouth trumpet intro
2: (laughs) you are here with one of the best mouth trumpeteers (laughs) <laughs> In these United States uh, Wildly talented vocalist, songwriter, composer Whose most recent album was named Among the best albums of the year by Bandcamp and the Sunday Times She's performed on stages all over the world Yep Now she's here listening to us sing badly uh, She's also <laughs> the host of a podcast, radio series, and live show called Movement Please welcome the brilliantly talented
3: McLeat Hedera. McLeat! Hey! What's up? Oh, I'm so happy to be here with y'all today. So good We're to have you.
1: So, so good to have you. Know. you. How's uh? How's the weather in the, the Bay Area? You're coming to us from the Bay, correct?
3: Yeah, I mean, every day is more or less the same, like mm-hmm. wake up in the upper 50s, right. in the about 70 by the end, you know, but and then yeah. cold at night.
1: Did you grow up in the Bay?
3: No, I grew up in a lot of places. I grew up in like, well, the long list. I I can do it in one breath. Okay. Here we go. Addis Ababa, Dusseldorf, Washington, D.C., Cedar Rapids, Iowa, Iowa City, Iowa, Brooklyn, Jacksonville, Gainesville, Miami, London for just a semester. But it was pretty formative. New Haven, Seattle, and San Francisco for almost 20 years. Yeah, 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 yeah. For 20
2: years now. Almost 20 years. Almost 20 years. So that's a that's a real testament to San Francisco. It stands out among the pack. It, it finally won you over after it all did. that wandering. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not Cedar Rapids with the Quaker factory there?
3: I remember the <laughs> Quaker factory. I absolutely remember that. No, we didn't we didn't know anybody else in this whole country except right. my dad's college professor, and he said, come on out and live with us. And so we spent some time in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Wow. It was very, very it was interesting. It was yeah. interesting.
1: I'm sure, yeah, coming from Ethiopia to, to Iowa, that seems like a bit of a, you're hitting the switch there. And <laughs> culture. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's a, sort
3: of that sound over yeah, and over right, again. You right, know.
1: right, right, right. record scratch. Amazing. Uh,
2: your dad was presumably a good student. None of my college professors were ever like, come live with me. Sure. <laughs> yeah they're like wait are you the
1: guy that was always smelling like two-day-old beer in class yeah, <laughs> yeah me old beer it's
2: the old guy beer. who like seemed perpetually hungover. we were actually like wondering how it was medically possible that you were that hungover all the time right. wait
3: wasn't that everybody in college oh my no. god
2: oh, yeah, i, I was know. i was particularly bad like i was mm. i didn't stand up very much because of how hungover I was, oh, you well.
3: had that extra lean in the seat, like you were yeah. all the way back, like almost yeah. laying down.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, almost fetal in one of those like lecture hall chairs. He's <laughs> mm-hmm. like, curled uh, up. That's I wonderful. can see it
3: now. I can yeah. see it
1: now. Not, yes, not, my
3: dad was a genius. He's yes. oh, is he is a genius. He speaks six languages. He's God like damn. he's he, he is truly truly amazing. That's very an cool. amazing person. Yeah,
2: amazing. Well, my dad weird. only speaks one language, so, yeah. yeah. sucks. Same, yeah. And my dad only speaks Philadelphian. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's
3: Philadelphian? Like, uh, what is a phrase of Philadelphian?
2: Sausage. You say sausage instead Winter of sausage. Yeah. You say wooder, although my dad doesn't. Really? I actually can't tell, like, sometimes people will be like, oh, your parents have, like, a Philadelphia accent, and I can't hear it because, like, mm-hmm. all yeah. other voices... Are built out of their voices in my brain. That's you right. Know? So yeah. I'm like, D- do they? But yeah, no. He, he, he's pretty. Like he's not deep Philly. Like yeah, what's up? How you doing? Let's get some water. What eyes. about like
1: yet? Yet? No. What's that? that? Wait, wait.
3: I literally have like, no he, idea what you, you just said.
1: Ah, did you eat yet? G-Yet? Okay. okay. Or like, are Yins, Yins, is that, is that Pennsylvania, is Is that Pittsburgh?
2: Yins is Pittsburgh, and people will tell you that Pittsburgh accents are very different from Philadelphia accents, and maybe if you are a lifelong connoisseur of the two, but there there are some strange specifics, particulars of the Pittsburgh accent, where they'll say anymore, they'll leave a hanging anymore that doesn't relate to anything, they'll say, did you guys eat anymore, or something like that, (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't doesn't really make sense. (laughs) But other than that like it's very they're very similar. They they are part of the same accent tree. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Beautiful.
2: Beautiful. Both lovely.
1: <laughs> Most lovely accents. Yeah. yeah, your dad did call uh this podcast a John, I remember. He's like, "Yeah." yeah, he's, I, yeah. I was like, "You going really record that John?"
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, McLeet, we are going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First we're going to tell our listeners a couple of things we're talking about today. Joe Biden has apparently created some guardrails around ai technology because he saw the latest mission impossible movie like that's (laughs) straight up what happened is leader of the
1: free world folks?
2: leader of the free world and his media diet included the most recent mission impossible movie and he was like we got to do something and that is both amazing and also not uncommon at all for US presidents so we're going to take a look back at some other policies that we got because of you know just movies that presidents <laughs> it's saw because of some dude saw they saw something because they were just like something was on HBO
1: no way uh, the character <laughs> matthew broderick is playing i don't care get him up here
2: yeah the genocidal rhetoric is getting more and more mainstream and there there's just wild shit being said on on the fringes too but like like Vivek Ramaswamy said some some of the just foulest shit I've ever seen on like mainstream media outlets and kind of got away with it and then there's just all sorts of shit happening and with like comedians and just like I don't
1: know it's a yeah, fucking Lindsay mess Graham up there Lindsey Graham too is yeah, also Lindsey Graham making some really weird uh, some very odd equivocations, but yeah we'll, yeah, we'll talk about that. Just
2: the Islamophobia is really out of control right now. And no nobody really seems to want to talk about it. So we will. We'll also talk about Mariah Carey's newest
1: video ushering in the Christmas season. Love a segue. Folks. <laughs> like the unaddressed rampant Islamophobia in the United States. And Mariah Carey has yeah. got Oh silly little He's got us video all part. excited <laughs> about
2: Christmas. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. All of that plenty more. But before we get to it, McLeet, we do like to ask our guests mm-hmm. what is something from your search history.
3: My search history right now is pretty much just music, 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 music. I go down rabbit holes of music and cuz it's like I'm always trying to find new immigrant musicians for the podcast but if you think about it like where do you find music you find Mm. it in like certain you know magazines or really from your friends like but the but I just go down rabbit holes Mm. I just love going down rabbit holes so I've I guess I was like well I think Instagram counts as like a search history so I was searching for like this wonderful Indian musician called Ganayava. I've been looking at Aloe Black and Layla McCalla and just like I just go down rabbit holes of music. So mm. that that's what I got for you.
2: I thought I thought you were saying at first that your search history was literally music, 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 music. And I was going <laughs> to try that and see what what I got. If it, I'll, I'll, I'll try. It. I'll test it out and let you guys know what the first result is.
1: Right. I've there. Do, like, what do you when you say rabbit hole? Because like I kind of do the same thing when I'm like on a music app, where sometimes. If I like yes. an artist and it says other artists like this, I just never stop clicking those to see yes. where it takes me. Because uh, that was always like I remember in the days of MySpace when I was really into a musician and faithfully music pages on MySpace. He'd be like, and my influences are and they would just give you a huge block of names. I would always use that to kind yes. of put me on to new stuff. But is that sort of what's your methodology?
3: here? I use the algorithms, mm-hmm. but I also like to see who's friends with who. So you oh, see okay. people commenting on each other's posts a lot. Right. And that's sort of interesting cuz I like the way that you see communities overlap. I'm like, who is interacting with whom? Who's building community with whom? Like what's? Right. And then and then that leads me to a lot of other music as well.
1: And then then from there you got to do a little background to be like, okay, are you do you qualify in the do you, are you in the bracket of immigrant musician in another country? So, yeah, then I get I get I can see how the research is, can be exhaustive.
3: It's a lot of it's a lot of research, but it's fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Who's
1: who's someone that you stumbled upon that you're like, oh, this is one of the greatest musicians that I've completely had no idea about.
3: I think. Well, let's see through that whole process. A little while ago, I stumbled onto an artist called Sancha and she's a Mexican singer based in L.A.
0: Okay, And she's
3: like she could be an opera singer. She could be like she's this like deep. Belting Ranchera comes from this like, you know, drag queen background. I was just like, "Oh my god, yeah. I love you."
1: Oh, whoa, yeah, okay. San S A N C H A. Two words. That's okay. Right. Yep. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm checking this now. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I love it's like my favorite thing because there's nothing more like life affirming to hear music that excites you. You know, there's so many times like you'll hear things, you're like, okay, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. But then you hear something, you're like, I didn't know I was waiting to actually hear this. And I couldn't articulate Mm. it, but here it is in front of me. And that is like my, it's, it's the highest of the high.
3: I agree. I agree. Yes, indeed.
2: And if you had searched music, 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 you would what have gotten music, exclamation point, uh, music, exclamation point, music, exclamation point. Put another nickel in a popular song written by Stephen Weiss and Bernie Baum and published in 1950.
3: <laughs> I was, put a nickel in. I was going to say like 1915.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. Put another nickel in, fella. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I guess this this was when. They were just finding out about music. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> the, the song is just them r- repeating music. Ex- Golly. <laughs> Golly. This music. Holy cow. Uh, what's something you think is overrated?
3: Front row seats. Mm. Because yes. the sound is never good in the front row. It's never, ever good. The speakers are in front. The speakers are almost right in, like above you. Yep. So the sound mm. doesn't come to you. And you're like, yeah, I mean... I'm being showered by the spit of the singer, and that's you know one thing.
2: Right, <laughs> but it doesn't
3: sound that good. So, I think front seats are over front row seats are overrated. Yeah, I got
1: COVID from Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> but man, the low end was really all muddled though from yeah. the seats. I don't know why. I think I was right underneath the the PA system, but yeah, it. I think yes, yeah, so, knowing about acoustics or sonic, you know this the the way sound moves is so like vital to especially going to like a big time like a huge festival because a lot of times uh, you'll see people try and get as close to the front as they can but you know how there'll be like rows of speakers to like sound systems to like facilitate the crowd i'm like don't go there like you're not you're gonna hear the worst version of this like get in front of those speakers so you're getting you can actually hear it uh yeah I'm, i'm always i'm always uh Pleasantly surprised to see how people are like just co- going there while leaving like the parts the the areas that sound good available to other people.
3: Yeah, there's always do you notice, more room.
1: Do you
2: notice that when you're up on stage, like the people down front are just there to like try and catch a drop of your sweat? And <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, I, I don't want to be no, near you. I
1: yeah. am <laughs> but they all have, they have that like that old here ear for the horn. wrong reasons. <laughs> they got a listening horn though from like the 1800s yeah, yeah. to be like. This is how I make it sound good because I'm too yeah. close. To
3: the- <laughs> I'll put a nickel in it. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Say music, music, music! Hot damn! Uh, you know we we're all performers here. Uh, we've all been on stage, but what uh, I've never uh, been a musician performing around the world on stages around the world. Are there any things that you notice like about you know how people are transported, like how You know, other than it, like, this is very, this is great information that like front row seats at concerts are overrated. I've never gone and sat in the front row of a concert. So uh, this makes me feel very confident about all my decisions and stinginess up to this point. But anything else that you can tell us just as a as a vet, as someone who's been there making music that is moving people?
3: i think you know the i think the thing that's coming to my mind is like i think the audience doesn't really like audiences don't fully understand how much of an impact they can have on the show
0: like mm-hmm. an audience is
3: yeah. you know there there's all different kinds of audiences and you, you start to notice over time you've been when you've been to different cities over and over again like different cities start to have different characters so like you know, a uh, New York audience is, like, so used to so much music. Like, they're like, okay, you got to prove it to me. Right. You know? So you they, you have a lot of more root work to do up top. But if you go to an audience in, like, Montreal, they're just like... Like, it's the difference between an audience saying the same words, show me what you can do, but a Montreal audience will be like, show me what you could do. And a mm. New York audience will be like, okay, show, show me what me you me can do. do. You know? Right. But like the way that you, the way that you give as an audience member, can totally like up the show. Like you can make the same show ten times better by putting your own kind of energy into the mix, you know. Right. So because then when you start to feed off that from the stage, it just amps the whole thing up yeah. and makes it more joyful. So I would say like the thing that is also underrated is like hooting and hollering from jump. Like Mm. you do that and you're going to get a better experience.
1: Right. Mm. Yeah. And moving your, like I know in LA too, like playing shows in LA and like a lot in the West coast too, but LA especially, there is like a, there's a cool factor too. If you're playing a show and the, the crowd does not know your work and it is very, it almost feels like arms are crossed. Where they're like, because so many people, too, are also like in bands and shit in the audience. Like, let me see if this is better than what the fuck I can do. And then, but the best thing is like when people just move. You know what I mean? Even if you can't, if you don't want to hoot and holler, just a head nod. Just being, but uncrossing your arms, that body language, too. It does a lot for people, for sure.
2: How do U.S. audiences compare? Like, uh, is it kind of in the middle? Or are they...
3: Oh like like a Chicago audience is like a Montreal audience but I think the difference is like like if you're performing in Ethiopia or like when I performed in Egypt and things like that you know the idea there is they will clap and you know express themselves when it's when it touches them mm. and so they will tell you they are like your living pulse on when you as an artist are in a place that is like you know, that like electric place with a little bit of sparkle and an extra yeah. kind of vibe. Like they will say, there it is. Right. I saw it now. Keep uh, going there. And it's oh. like, uh, so it's, um, it just, it just, it helps to bring the whole thing into a, you know, a flow, a flow state.
1: Yeah. Hey, we do talk about that all the time. Shout out. Me high chick sent me high. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's the neurologist who. Wait, oh yeah, and I remember
2: we did yeah. we did a whole uh,
1: episode. He's the I, I the, the, the neurologist who was
2: like yeah, yeah yeah like finding flow that we book. did a lot oh. of yeah, oh. yeah a lot of research into flow state and how to achieve that and hmm. yeah I just I feel like the U S probably has a little bit harder of a time. We were just talking about this with relation to. The similarities between being sleep deprived and having like alcoholic beverages like you're killing you're making you're you're wearing out that inner like brake pusher the thing mm-hmm, that like pushes mm-hmm. the brakes and is like constantly on you being like don't move your body like that people <laughs> people behind you are probably watching you and judging you you know you're on tiktok now way to go yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly but yeah that's cool what's uh what's something you think is underrated
3: Okay. T- two things. Stovetop espresso, which I think is just like the percolators, they're just
1: great. Oh, that metal thing, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, the metal thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they I think they're I think it's better than French press. I think it's better than a pour over. You know, it might not be better than like a 100-year-old French machine or something, but I think it's the <laughs> best you could do, you know? And then the other thing I like that I think is underrated are the cheapy headphones that you get from flight attendants on flights because they always come in handy at the exact time when you can't find your other shit
1: oh it's like
3: you're like wait a minute i have one of these in my purse and then like you need it and you have it and those are my two
1: yeah i it's for i'm I'm like such a headphone nerd like i'm like i got my own cans thank you so much (laughs) (laughs) the fidelity is way too fucked up for my ears but hey maybe the per- maybe my mother would like it because she doesn't care about how shit sounds but yeah it is <laughs> i never thought of it as like sort of like having like a package of kleenex or something too where you are like up oh, headphones wait i got yep. i know i have a pile of them from every flight i go on
3: exactly now
1: i will be less stuck up and i will accept them gleefully
3: you just take them as your backup yeah, right yeah. right your backup.
2: some of them break like one and a half uses in into oh, a yeah. life cycle but sometimes like that that's not a rule and sometimes they'll <laughs> last you a year, you know? They'll yeah. just be you, you get the the real ones that uh, are are able to kind of stick together. I thought stovetop espresso was the stovetop stuffing brand expanding into the world <laughs> of espresso. So I'm very glad to hear that that's <laughs> not what's happening. Just add water Ow. to like the powder. <laughs> like there it is. And microwave it. You're oh good. my God! <laughs> yeah. You
3: thought I'm Ethiopian? I would never I do know,
1: that. I was you say, know, <laughs> serious about the
2: coffee. That's that's where my American brain went. Mm, of yeah. course, of course, yeah, of course. So it probably comes in a box. The stovetop espresso. <laughs> it's like a. You,
1: what yeah, aisle is that in? <laughs>
2: <laughs> where do I find that? All right. Well, let's uh, let's take a quick break, and yeah. we'll come back and talk about presidents creating foreign policy based on some movies they just saw
1: you like to watch new stuff right zai i know i do well go to hulu and see what's new because hulu has new stuff all the time like vanderpump villa the new docudrama starring lisa vanderpump
2: Back Mm -hmm. and yeah, so earlier this week, Biden signed an executive order establishing new guardrails around AI technology. I remember, like, when when it happened, it being like, "Now, really? Like, this is this is what you're?" I mean, yes, AI is like was a big story a few months back, and there's definitely a lot going on there, and we need to be keeping our eye on it. But this is just like the timing seemed weird, (laughs) like as there's this horrifying war happening being waged by US ally Israel and being funded and armed by by the US and he's like so this ai stuff
1: am i right <laughs> so what about student loan student loan forgiveness
0: so
2: according to joe this was partly due to someone showing him first of all a deep fake of himself of himself <laughs> to
1: which he responded
3: when the hell did i say that man <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, I'm Jeff.
3: laughing so I don't cry.
1: <laughs> I know. And it's but it, the thing is it's so it's so believe it's, it's you just know that happened. Like I don't even need yeah. to know. Like you know it's like when the heck when, I, when the hell did I say that? Well, and he's doing it as like a folksy
2: like thing where he's like thing was so good, fooled me. Me right. but it's like, yeah, but right now you are struggling with our ability to believe that you can hold it together so you can't make self effacing jokes in that tenor right now <laughs> like we need you to just have to be your like, yeah, that's shit fake. together a little bit yeah yeah he didn't say exactly what deep fake it was but I, I do hope that it was the one where he and Vladimir Putin are playing an Olympic cover band but we we just don't know we don't know what the hell did it.
1: I say I did it all for the nookie <laughs> <laughs> So I can take that cookie. What is this? (laughs) But then,
2: according to Deputy White House Chief Bruce Reed, who I feel like has to be on Biden's shit list for this one. So part of Biden's concern over AI came after he watched Mission Impossible, Mission colon, Impossible, M-Dash, Dead Reckoning, Part One. (laughs) They did not put a colon between Dead Reckoning, Part One, because too many, too Too much punctuation. But yeah. probably should be there, at Camp David. He he was like, yeah, I watched it with him, man. And he turned to me and was like,
1: oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Then I got a lot of movies to show you, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute.
3: Are you sure this wasn't an Onion article? Right.
1: I Doesn't know.
2: It? It's yeah. too real. <laughs> so, So this is a movie in which Tom Cruise battles a computer that can literally see into the future. Uh-議- and obviously a lot of people are like, Joe, 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 Joe. Joe. The, the <laughs> quote from Reed, which this is the quote that I feel like gets his ass fired. If he hadn't already been concerned about what could go wrong with AI before that movie, he saw plenty more to worry about, said Reed, who watched the film with Biden. <laughs> so <laughs> he like, watched it Hell-. with him and was like,
1: oh, yeah, man, he was he was shaken. You think he was doing that thing like like black people do when they watch a movie like grabbing each other and jokes? <laughs> like, oh, shit, Pushing boost, each other.
2: Bruce, yeah. the fuck is the fuck
1: what the yeah. fuck's going on here? <laughs> He's like, oh sir, it's 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 just chat bots right now. It's not doing this shit quite yet.
2: I do this does concern me because the version in his brain that he is, you know, passing legislation against or trying to address is the version of ai that the heads of the companies who do who are creating this and you know putting the the money into this and releasing the products that are using this this is the version this is the danger they want us to believe in like this is the one they're always talking about and so it's probably not the one we actually need to worry about right yeah. you know yeah. it's like mm-hmm. they want it to be they're like we're guys we're playing with fucking dynamite over here this thing's going to turn into the t-1000 so you you better watch out and you also better be nice to us because we have immense power and he seems to be like yeah i saw the movie man i got that presidential (laughs) debriefing if you know what i'm saying but (laughs) i see the light now on
3: hbo (laughs) yeah exactly
2: exactly but yeah i mean Louis Fertel tweeted, imagining Biden watching Mission Impossible, tilting his head to the sky and yelling, fuck. <laughs> 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 but this is, of course, far from the first time that a president has used a dumb movie as justification for policy. A, a far more reprehensible time was the time that Trump was using scenes from Sicario 2 in order to defend his border wall.
1: Yeah, he no, was he's like, like the, the cars they got. They're just supercars. They go faster strong, than anything bigger, we've got. They're faster right. than our police. They have, I think like, I blocked that super out of my jets. mind. Yeah, yeah. it's like, what are you talking about? They they go faster than the police cars. And everyone's <laughs> like, do you know what movie came out over the holiday break that he probably just saw? Yeah. Sicario Two, where they had yeah. jet powered fucking smuggler cars. Yes, <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course. And he had the. He probably just saw the the jet powered
2: cars. Like he he Trump is famously the guy who had. Like all the boring scenes edited out of like blood sport. <laughs> so not not a movie known for like its long periods of exposition. But he was like, This is this is too boring. Just get to the fights. But the king of this shit was, not surprisingly, because he was an actor and probably should have remained one, uh, Ronald Reagan, mm. who, not unlike Biden, was Way too old to have his job. And also, not unlike Biden, screened a popular movie at Camp David and promptly freaked the fuck out. That movie was War Games, <laughs> <laughs> the 80s thriller starring Matthew Broderick. I don't know if it was a follow up to Ferris Bueller's Day Off or if yeah, where uh, that Ferris goes. Bueller's yeah. Day Off was a follow up to this, but it's about a teenager who hacks into a government supercomputer. And Reagan brought it up at a White House meeting, asking the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, uh, well, could something like this really happen? Well, that's a <laughs> well is the only word I can say, like Ronald Reagan, unfortunately. But this actually true. This led to a revamp of U.S. cybersecurity policies and clips from war games were even shown at congressional hearings. Oh,
1: boy. What? I just. I just yeah. like they're Like, don't believe me. Look at this freaky clip of Matthew Broderick in a movie. Hey, isn't that? Look Ferris at this Fuhler fictional sh- story. Yeah, so this is not real. However, this is the basis for this legislation. So, yes,
2: even Matthew Broderick, the kid who could hack into his uh, principal's computer and change his grades, uh, <laughs> couldn't. Get a hold of this.
1: Yeah, he just identifies Matthew Broderick as like a person of interest, like, you know, like being a potential criminal. He's like, I've I've seen enough. (laughs) (laughs) Take this guy down. He was apparently a huge fan of the
2: 50s alien movie The Day the Earth Stood Still and believed that the U.S. and the USSR would certainly resolve their differences and unite if only aliens invaded. And he literally brought this theory up during a meeting with Gorbachev
1: like
3: wow and Gorbachev is just doing his best to keep it together yeah
1: like probably looking around the room like he's like or like looking at his interpreter again he's like hold on one more time (laughs) (laughs) he said what the fucking alien uh yes
2: (laughs) see we
3: (laughs) we know that do you think
2: we could be friends huh well
3: we know that movies have like this disproportionate effect on our narratives but you don't think that it's going to be so literal. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's like... not...
2: yeah, it's like we shouldn't look. There are a lot of ways that like the young and the old overlap. And, you know, I know that I shouldn't show my five year old Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One. And maybe we should start thinking about what media we allow the president to see because this <laughs> the, he just might not be ready for it.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. or fuck it, man. Like, if there's some like Show rogue man, bluey. rogue progressives in that administration to be like, I don't know, you said this shit. Where he's like, yeah, so we're gonna fully fund uh, Medicare for all. Like, I'm, I'm <laughs> going all in on gun control. We're doing an assault yeah. weapons ban. Like, you you said this shit, Joe. Yeah, and he's like, okay, oh yeah, okay, that's true, that's true, that's right. Yep, yep, yep. I'm doing. <laughs>
2: Yeah, we got to create a media diet, like a, a movie playlist for his ass, you know, because right. he is clearly very open to suggestions. Suggestion. Yeah. yeah. If anybody has, a, a, you know, some suggestions on what we should put on the uh, Joe Biden movie playlist, hit yeah. us up. Yeah. Because we do have a
1: direct line to the White House. So. Yeah. We have access to the Plex server they use at Camp David, So we can just <laughs> put that shit right in there. And he's thinking he's watching a rerun of The Simpsons, and it's about yeah. to be some heavy shit. Yeah, yeah, we can
3: get Matthew Broderick to hack in there. <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah,
1: like, <exactly>. no. <laughs> Biden's like, who did this, Broderick? <laughs> oh, no.
2: He also, Reagan also famously got his strategic defense initiative idea, uh, a.k.a. Star Wars, from yeah. Citizens Advisory Council on National Space Policy, which was led by two sci-fi authors. And a lot of people speculated that the idea for Star Wars, which was like a massive failure. He was like, we're going to put weapons in space that can like shoot down nuclear weapons from outer space. And they were like, the technology for that's like 100, 200 years away. And he was like, well, do it. Let's let's go. And so they did it. And people were like, oh, he was in this movie called Murder in the Air, which is a 1940 spy adventure about a magic machine that protected the United States from air attack. So that's where that's coming from. (laughs) And he spent
1: trillions. Damn, they should show Joe Biden the creator then. If he really wants to go fucking off the deep end. The creator
2: would be good. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's right. That's what we need more death from above. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He just sides with the U.S. Yeah. He's like, exactly. So we got to build that. Perfect. I like the first part, man. I I like that part. The, the character Reagan plays, it was called Brass Bancroft. These names are yes. so fucking wild, bro. <laughs> the fucking Fuck yeah, idea. why not? Brass, Brass Bancroft. Bancroft.
2: Yes, sir. Good for you, man. Good, good for you. For- <laughs> <laughs> hey, good for you, man. <laughs> Love it. All right. Let, let's talk real quick about some of the horrifying rhetoric that we're seeing. that's becoming mainstream, you know, while Joe Biden continues to be soft on Netanyahu, and just basically co-sign the slaughter of Palestinian people, the rhetoric is is getting just fucking out of hand and Islamophobic and incredibly dangerous.
1: Yeah, like at best, woefully disconnected from humanity, yes. and at worst, absolutely homicidal. Mm. And I just want to point out two th- remarks I've heard in the last few days. So Vivek Ramaswamy, who's struggling to remain relevant in the presidential primary, uh, he spoke to the Republican Jewish coalition in Las Vegas and said, quote, and he said, quote, if Israel and Mossad want to take out every last leader of Hamas, wherever they may be hiding from Doha to Dresden, host a red wedding at the Four Seasons in Qatar. Uh, the next time the leaders are in town, uh, they should go ahead and do it. And we're like, I'm sorry, what, are we using Game what? of Thrones rhetoric here? The uh, Huh? Then he went on Pierce Morgan's show and said that I would love nothing more than for the IDF forces or the IDF to put the heads of the top 100 Hamas leaders on spikes and line them up on the Israel-Gaza border as a sign that October 7th will never happen again. That was even too much for Pierce Morgan somehow. Wow. who was like, uh, what? He's like, that just sounds like pouring fuel on an out-of-control fire. Like, what do you like? And also, these are war crimes? Like, we're really rah rah this stuff for clout. And just very, like, I don't know what the reaction was in the room, but I guess maybe he's, maybe, I don't know if he has, like, a Game of Thrones-based foreign policy, and everything is going to be put through that lens as he tries to connect with voters or something. But, again, wild, wild things to say as someone who is in pursuit of of the, the White House. Then there was Lindsey Graham. He was on CNN two nights ago and essentially said that Civil, the number of civilian casualties should not deter Israel by any stretch of the imagination. Let me play this for you really quick. Civilian casualties. Is
3: there a threshold for you, and do you think there should be one for the United States government at which the U.S. would say, Let, let's hold off for a second in terms of civilian casualties? Uh, is I, there? I, is there a point at no, which no. you would
0: start to question? No. I, if somebody asked us after World War II, is there a limit what you would do to make sure that Japan and Germany don't conquer the world? Is there any limit what Israel should do to the
1: people who are trying to slaughter the Jews? The answer is no. There is no limit, but here's what you need to do. Be smart. Let's try to limit civilian casualties the best we can. Let's put humanitarian aid in areas that protect the innocent. I'm all for that. Anyway, so he goes on to be like, it's wild to say, there is no limit. But also, like, you gotta be careful. It's like, you can't have that both ways, first of all, Lindsey Graham. And also, how are you likening the Axis powers of World War II to the Gaza Strip. Right. Like, where? what on earth are you talking about? And these are the people that have, they have votes, you know, to, to decide what our foreign policy is. And he's out here casually saying this kind of stuff. I mean, this is, it's just so, it's just wild to see because I feel like, I think like many people, we're like in some kind of twilight zone where like, I feel like we're there like a lot of these politicians are using this dusty ass propaganda playbook to manufacture consent for further military action when so many people, myself included, because I was I was coming of age during the, the second Iraq war that I remember how everything was like, don't matter, we're going in there and everybody's getting messed up. You saw 9-11, you saw nine, you saw nine-eleven. And right. that same way of like pointing to this the, like this event to then say, Now everything's on the table is horrifying, especially now because we live in an era where you can see what the actual the the results are of this kind of rhetoric. And Democrats, y'all are also doing a terrible job. The best I'm hearing are forceful call calls for a humanitarian
2: pause. I mean, you even heard it in the CNN interview. The thing that she's trying to get Lindsey Graham or just asking Lindsey Graham, like the humane position is would the u.s or would israel stop for a second i I literally i believe she literally said for a second right
1: like well the and the rhetoric that you know you see like from a lot of the defense like the the hawks in congress is sort of like well any pause allows them to build up munitions or fortify their positions and it's like i'm sorry they are not out here to take over the world. Like I get how maybe in, in the forties, you're like, this is what Hitler's trying to do. He's trying to take over the fucking world, but this is not this situation by any stretch of the imagination. And to liken it to that further dehumanizes these people and allows for this kind of shit to continue. And like everything, I feel like there's such an outsized emphasis on what is happening with like the the Jewish people who are living around the world. And I completely understand that seeing groups of Uh, jewish people be senselessly slaughtered is horrifying and will put you in a position like oh my god this is bringing back all kinds of things because this is something that is very relevant to the history of my people but i don't see a single thing that's really actually centering what the experience is for muslim people for arab people for other people who just might see their situation unfolding in a very similar way that, that it is in gaza and the west bank and but meanwhile, you have people like Lindsey Graham come on and like, yeah, it's it's all good, man. Like, it doesn't matter how many civilians die. Or Vivek Ramaswamy being like, yeah, call me George R. R. Martin with it. Like, yeah. No, I
3: mean, I- the dehumanization, the devaluation exactly. of Palestinian life is just unbelievable. And it's like, you want humanitarian aid? Yes, we need humanitarian aid. Turn on the water. Turn yeah. on the wa- first thing. Give people clean. Like, that seems like an act that you could take in a heartbeat, in a second. The, they claim
2: they turned on the water, but all, all the pipes, they, they, they bombed everything so they that nothing the is working. So you can't fucking,
1: yeah. Well, and not it's, to mention that, like, some of the pumps require energy to move right. the water. And if there's no electricity or fuel, then what? And it's just wild it just how, like, start
2: it, that thing, you know?
1: Right, exactly. Like, yeah. you're using a um, siphoning hose or something to move water around. And uh, it's it just wild to see that the like the hammer come down on people who have out loud just called for things like a ceasefire. Yes. And I think that's really, it just shows you where like the, the, the momentum of where this thing is going and like what the what the media is just allowing it to be too. Like, I mean, I'm slowly starting to see more like diverging opinions be represented on TV, but these first couple of weeks, it felt like, bro, don't even say anything about Palestinian people. Yeah. Don't even try it. And it's, yeah. that is so, so disheartening, too, because after seeing what this country went through or ha- tried to have a reckoning with white supremacy in 2020 and seemingly thinking like we understood what oppression was, like we get to this one and now we've gone completely in just outer space with it. And it that's, that's what's really, I think, messes a lot of people up because they're like, of course- Innocent Israeli civilians don't deserve to be killed. Of course. But how are we now just acting like those those destroyed buildings don't have human beings under the rubble, don't have screams coming out from under there that are actual legitimate human beings that had nothing to do with what happened on October 7th. And ch-
3: children have yeah. nothing to do with thr- thousands and thousands of children. Yeah. You know, how can you say you're targeting militants when children are dying at these yeah. levels?
1: There was a, there was even a, a, one of these, um, like a Lieutenant Colonel from the IDF was on Wolf Blitzer's show. And even Wolf Blitzer was like, so you bombed this refugee camp. And the yeah. IDF spokesman was like, well, yeah, but there was a Hamas commander in there. And they're like, yeah, but you, but you knew there were, you knew there were refugees there. Like people had been displaced. And he's like, well, yeah. And he's like, well, you dropped the bomb. You, you bombed it anyway. And he's just sort of like, Wolf, well, that's just kind of like the tragedy of war, you know? And just leaving it like there. And I like just to hear those things said out loud and not to, like have have any sort of real counterbalance to that is also just it's just it's hard to watch because we see this play out so many times in so many different ways around the world. But, yeah, it, it's it's so vivid right now. And you're just asking like it. the best we can do is ask for a pause to the bombing. And then because right. that, that presumes that it will resume. Yeah.
2: Just a quick pause. Just let's take a let's take a beat. You know, like yeah. That, that's the best that we're, we've got going in the mainstream media.
1: Yeah, and yeah. So again, I think this is, and this this goes along with too. You're saying I'm seeing more and more people starting posting that polling about how Joe Biden's support is cratering with so many groups right now because of the lack of action or just even words that seemingly come off as being uh, as, as acknowledging hu- the, like the value of human life. And, but Hey, I don't even know, like, I guess when, when the, when the war machine is like in the on position, like, like they don't give a fuck about polls or anything or what public sentiment is.
2: Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break and we'll be
1: right back. You like to watch new stuff, right? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new.
2: And we're back, and it is time. It's time. <laughs> is I, isn't it? that the uh, catchphrase of
1: Michael Buffer? Bruce Bruf, Bruf, Buffer's is no, lesser.
2: Bruce Buffer is the brother, right? Isn't Michael? Oh yeah, Buffer Michael, the main? Buffers, Michael, so Buffers, Michael Buffer. Michael Buffer Let's get ready to came rumble. with the "Let's get ready to rumble," which I just got sued for. I no yep. longer have a job. <laughs> and then his <laughs> like brother it. came and was like, "Oh, you, you think that's good? <laughs> uh, well, you can hire me, and I'll say." It's time.
1: Thank you. <laughs> <Those> three <laughs> claps in a hollow, <laughs> empty auditorium. So
2: Mariah Carey came for him, though. She's yeah. stepping on his, his turf. Th- this happens every year. It's become, a, it's become a tradition that at midnight on Halloween, Mariah Carey drops a video that is basically her being like, all right, it's time. It's Christmas time now. It's November 1st. <laughs> it's November 1st. It's Christmas. <laughs> it's Christmas time. This is apparently the beginning of the Christmas season. Starbucks agrees. Starbucks holiday cups are hitting stores
1: uh today on why? the 2nd. So, I mean, I know why, but come on. Like let's have a little let's have a a little bit of a break really quick before we go dive headfirst into the shit. But okay. So they went
2: they went creative with the video this year. And so it opens with a vault in like I, I don't know, like an elaborate vault somewhere in the North Pole is kind yeah. of the vibe I got. You go in the vault and there there's a Jason Voorhees, a yep. ghost face from Scream. Yep. By a the way, Ghostface from Scream, a pumpkin head, Ghostface mm-hmm. from Scream, the most popular Halloween costume I saw last night. Really? Or on okay. Halloween night. Yeah, trick or treat. Like, for ages two through two. adults were it's wearing It's more creepy when it's face.
3: two. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. It was <laughs> it's way, a too, yeah. like,
1: it's way especially too like 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 The way a two-year-old would walk, too, it's already yeah. kind of, like, not graceful. So, like, add that with, like, murder costume. Okay. Sure, kids. But,
2: yeah, Scream is in the collective bloodstream right now. But anyways, yeah, so we got Jason, we got Ghostface from Scream, we got Pumpkinhead and a fourth monster who they don't really show, so I'm assuming they didn't get
1: the rights to them. They are
2: Mariah, and then there's Mariah Carey in a big block of ice.
1: Yeah, and then she hits that whistle tone, shatters the ice block that she's encased in, like this is Demolition Man or something. Yes. And then it's like,
0: it's time!
1: And then we get the song and it's Wait, wait, all- what did she say? They just say, it eh, i can't do it it's
0: time.
1: <laughs> that whistle look nobody can hit those whistle tones no, like I, <laughs> I won't even try uh but i don't just wild how it goes from uh, the the like jack you're talking about it is like you were saying how it's funny to think that they're all hanging out like in this vault like with Mariah Carey most days of the year basically yeah.
2: and they're also using when when we find them they are helping her get out of the block of ice by using hand, using hair dryers on (laughs) the block of ice. So this posits a world where Jason Voorhees and Ghostface and all the famous slasher monsters are just like dying to defrost her
1: and get the holiday season started. Yeah. So they can stop murdering. They don't like murder. And also that Mariah Carey does a cryo sleep. From yeah. the end of like December twenty sixth to November first every year, which would explain how she is aging backwards because she that looks is true incredible. Yeah. She does
3: look incredible. Less I think <laughs> I don't even think she's saying it's time for the holiday season. She's saying it's time for me to have another number one hit with that yeah, right. same song again. <laughs> yes,
1: how oh do we isn't
3: know? It like do we every know the, every every year, it's number one.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Do we know the economics of what that is like? Like I don't. I'm so curious, like, is charting number one? And I'm sure, like, you're getting a lot of spins or whatever. It's translating to some kind of money. But, like, I wonder what exactly, like, that check is looking like every year. Which is like, I'm done with it.
3: I think it's, but it's probably, it's, like, the streaming. It's enough streams that it's probably real streaming money. But it's also, like, the
1: placements. Yeah. You know? Right. Oh, for sure. Okay. Here's an article from
2: Billboard on the 3rd. Of this year, the third day of this year, uh, January 3rd, 2023, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You adds 12th week atop Hot 100.
3: That's what I'm talking about.
1: That is wild. She makes, they say she makes around $3 million a year from it. From that song. Just from. Yeah, just, just from that. Playing. Yeah, let alone the commercials and the licensing. Whooo, they do not pay lies. you for streams. So, like, that's a lot of streams. That no. is That means
2: that that song is playing in a million households across America right now.
3: It's probably, that's- like, at any given second, it's playing somewhere.
1: Right. Yeah. <sighs> oh, yeah. What other song? I mean, that's, that's powerful. That's, She's
3: pretty smart, I have to say. Like, that's... You-
1: can you imagine, like all like the way we've shifted up Christmas earlier and earlier and earlier? It's all because of Mariah. She's like, no, no, no. Watch this. Watch this. You want me to really yeah. mess up people's marketing plans? Drop the video on November first. Yeah. <laughs> but
3: have we have we reached the limit? Like, there's no, no. way that Christmas can go before how ha- can Christmas go before Halloween? July
1: fifth no. after Could the fireworks. <laughs> Shoot, July third. <laughs> oh, that would be no! total domination. And she's like, "It's July first. You know what that means? Yeah. I'm ready? Just blowing it up." Oh, but I mean, the thing is, too, I'm despite it being played so much, I'm not tired of it. No, it I don't know why.
3: Because you got a nine month break.
1: Right. You You got a nine month
3: (laughs) break. You don't have to hear it in March. You know,
1: (laughs) are you a fan of All I Want for Christmas is you?
3: I'm a fan of Mariah Carey. When her when her first record came out, I was like, (gasps) like when I was a kid, you know, Uh yeah huge fan and that you know that high-pitched scream so I definitely listen to her at a very formative time and I just have a lot of love for her like you know maybe in my teenage years I you know turned away but sure. and it's not like I play her regularly but I have a lot of love for her and appreciation for her and I think she's she's I don't know she's quite the businesswoman you know
1: oh yeah I mean like I Again, I just want to I really want to see like some forensic accounting about like because everyone's estimating some people are saying she's made 60 million dollars in total since the song has come out. Other people are saying it's like two and a half to three million a year. I really just want I really want to know like I want to see how Mariah Carey sees the world when it's time to dust that this track off and be like, oh, baby, my kid, let's just turn the money hose on, please. To
2: quote ODB, baby, baby, come on, baby, come on. another song that i can still turn on a fantasy remix oh my god that song still goes so hard
1: yeah yeah i I, what about just how are you with christmas music in general as a musician hey
3: really don't like it
1: yeah yeah really
3: i can't i can't i can't with the christmas music my family really loves it and they play a lot like around christmas time i can't get away from it with my family but I I cannot. What's... But that song, I don't mind. The other, okay. the only other Christmas songs that I kind of like is that um, the Otis Redding. Merry oh, yeah. Christmas, baby.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah. You know, it's like Ooh. you got to have something in there that's like underneath it, you know? Yeah,
1: so, exactly. Because yeah, if you're just hearing those. like dean martin and shit all day yeah like i mean and like, hey shout dean out Dino and happy Hampshire. and drunk <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> being crosby you're cool but like give us a little bit of soul that's why i have like give a, a, little a, bit a of sharon soul, jones yeah. like holiday album that's also really good too that you gotta you kind of gotta mm. level it out with some you know dap kings sometimes too but yeah jackie well, you got a favorite the otis Redding one's really good uh
2: you happy christmas by cancer. the by uh Toots.
3: Oh yeah. Oh, okay. I
2: love I love that one. That, yeah, I i need a little something extra.
1: Yeah, I think we call that seasoning.
2: A little seasoning. <laughs> yeah. It's I can't I can't do the arrived. straight mayonnaise, holiday seasoning. The little <laughs> the mayonnaise sandwiches from uh Bing Crosby <laughs> uh every year, just not getting it done for me. I like that one pretenders song that's kind oh, of yeah. about Santa Claus. It's like a very sad song about Santa Claus. Yeah. That that one's really good. I like that one John Lennon song, Happy Christmas War Is Over. I've got I've got a whole playlist that, Okay.
1: You know. And Macle, what's the most what's the one that you're you're plugging your ears when you hear?
3: Oh god. I uh, I don't know. Maybe Blue Christmas?
0: Oh. oh. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. It does <laughs> it does feel like You should be drinking like gin and like out of a brown bag, like in like a snowy alley when that song comes on. You know what I mean? It (laughs) doesn't feel like in bus stop. "Mm,
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't feel like "Mm, my family my family (laughs) Yeah yeah. For sure. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of songs that were just like, Yeah, and you can't be with the people you love. I know. It's actually like
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like we're already having a hard time with the weather, <laughs> we feel like that's it's an overserved market, guys. People, <laughs> like the, people who I'll,
2: can't be with the people they love. I'll be home
3: for Christmas, which is a yeah. good song, but yeah, it is a good song. Oh, it's so sad. Yeah,
2: mm. I I do regret to inform you that I could listen to you sing the Otis song all day. <laughs> so you might have <laughs> to Christmas, album. A Christmas album, Christmas album, Christmas album,
3: McLean. <laughs> but you know, yeah. well, I mean, then you look at Mariah Carey and you're like, this yeah. is a good idea. right but does it have to be does (laughs) it okay here's here's my thing here's my thing it doesn't have to be christmas there's a lot of holidays like you could write uh you could write a song you write a halloween song it plays every halloween you write a like you could do it with any holiday and there would actually be less competition if you were doing it around like another holiday
2: thanksgiving yeah yeah Yeah. it's a new year
3: new year song like that's there's a, in fact, I have a, I have a new year song coming out on a, there's a, Ethiopian New Year's is like a really, really, really big holiday. And I have a Ethiopian New Year's song coming out ne- for the next Ethiopian New Year's. And I know now forever, every year it will be bumped.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. Bumped. Yeah. They're like, this there you is, go. I found the pocket and here I am. Cause I remember that was like, it was like standard operating procedure for like pop artists for decades to be like, where's your Christmas album? In sync. Where's your right. Christmas album, Annie Lennox? And you're like, what? <laughs> okay, sure. But yeah, give us something. Give us a, Someone give us a fucking Halloween album.
2: It's Halloween just, you know? is probably the least underserved of all the other holidays, and rightly so. It is the best holiday, but it's still, like, a little thin. Like, after you get through Thriller and Monster, Mash. Monster Mash, and, like, there yeah. are definitely the iconic hits, but it's... Like Christmas could have its own just radio station year round. Yes, it shouldn't, yes. but it could easily yeah. have that. There's just no like H- Halloween is like a couple hours playlist and you're like, uh, should we do the Monster Mash again? Well, we're we're, yeah. we're we're doing that like Purple People Eater song that was like uh, yes. made for like kids' birthday parties in the 1950s? Like, what the fuck are we doing here?
3: (laughs) I want to say, like, there should be the Mother's Day and Father's Day songs, though, because that also would, like... That seems like. A smart, I mean, boys to men smart gave lane. us
1: "Mama," yeah, dear Mama. You know I love you. I mean, there's yeah. that one, but yeah, I where's about one? That one? Where's the one for dads? <laughs> there's a lot of ones that's like, "Shout out to you, Dad!"
2: Butterfly <laughs> <It's> like, kisses. <laughs> oh <the> God! <laughs> <laughs> it's just a dad no. being
1: real schmaltzy. Ah. That yeah. one is the freakiest fucking song to butterfly kiss. Yeah. When you go to a wedding and you got the first dance to that song? Oh my I've god. I've been to more than one wedding where Butterfly Kisses was the the like the bride and father dance track and I'm like, yo, this is like a little this is too freaky, man. No. Yeah. There's a
2: good father song. Fa- I think it's called Father of the Bride by Hamilton Lighthouser from The Walkman.
1: I'd recommend that. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I think you're going to say Father of Mine.
2: <laughs> is that is that a song?
1: No, it's yeah, called yeah, The yeah. Bride's yeah. Dad by uh, Everclear. Father of mine, oh yeah, tell that me one's... where have you been? <laughs> yeah, well, okay, easy. this oh, one God. is about
2: like. Unfortunately, it's not interesting if it's a good dad. It has to like the bride's dad. The song I was talking about is like about a dad who's like shows up to his daughter's wedding and like gives a speech, and he's like a little drunk, and his like suit is
1: like dirty, but it's kind of cute. Oh man, yeah. did you do, you do you know you know the lyrics to Butterfly? You've heard Butterfly Kisses. I mean, I can
3: hear the guy's voice like, you know like it's like
2: about blinking into his
1: daughter's eyes yeah I
3: cannot I cannot remember the song and I'm not sure if it's because I've blocked it out or because I actually don't remember but yeah it's
1: like each thing's like there's two the first lyrics there's two things I know for sure she was sent from heaven and she's daddy's little girl as I drop to my knees by her bed at night she talks to Jesus and I close my eyes and I thank God for all of the joy in my life oh but most of all for butterfly kisses. Oh,
0: butterfly <laughs> kisses.
1: And then it's like.
0: That's like kind of
3: creepy somehow. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah like, no, oh, it's yeah. definitely
2: what? like squarely inside the culture that gave us like purity promises and yeah. shit like that. You know what yeah. I mean?
1: Yeah, because in yeah, the next verse. Sweet 16 today. She's looking like her mama a little oh, more no. every day. Oh, yeah. no. Yo. One part woman. The other part girl. Yo. Easy, dad. Easy. Dad.
2: Don't Back let the
1: fuck up. Dad. Don't let Yuck. this
2: guy give a speech at your wedding.
1: And don't play
3: this at a wedding for God's yeah. sake, DJ Butterfly Kisses.
1: It's wild to be at. Yeah, it's like see something like a dad <laughs> holding their daughter stuff. He's like, she'll change her name today. She'll make a promise, and I'll give her away. Standing in the bride room, just staring at her. She asked me what I'm thinking, and I said I'm not sure. I just feel like I'm losing my baby girl. Okay, Bob. Thanks, Bob Carlisle. It's Is not, this like you, one you of didn't the ways that's her, my
2: man?
3: <laughs> Is this like one of the ways that we've come a long way around patriarchy? Like that yeah. we can all like be horrified be like, no, by this? No, yeah. <laughs> Thirty years later,
1: for sure. We're like, you don't own her, Bob Carlisle, Bob Carlisle. Like yeah. that just
2: sounds like it's the <laughs> the name of your fucking like. Typing teacher from middle school, or something, you know? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bob Carlisle. Did you hear the song Bob Carlisle wrote about his daughter? <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, it's a banger, man. Uh-huh. Absolutely.
2: It's the most dad ass name I've ever heard.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah, you just feel someone coming up, hey Bob Carlisle, nice to meet
2: you. Bob like, Carlisle, okay, nice dude. to meet you. you. Keep your damn hands off my little girl. Yeah. What? <laughs> you know that ha- <laughs> you know that you handshake. About, man?
1: <laughs> you know and you know that handshake is compensating. Yeah. When you shake that hand it's like, hey, nice to meet you, Bob Carlisle. You're like, Okay, easy, man. I get it. Butterfly kisses. Uh,
2: first of all, I just met you and your family. Second of all, you're gesturing at a forty five year old woman right yeah. now, as you say, Keep my hands off your little girl, you weirdo. <laughs> MacLeat Hadero, what a pleasure having yeah. you on the Daily Zeitgeist. Where can people find you, follow you, all that good stuff?
3: Find me, follow me at Makleet Music. That's my handle on Instagram and all the things and makleetmusic.com. It's M-E-K-L-I-T. And even if you forget, you know, remember that I live in San Francisco. If you Google Ethiopian singer San Francisco, there I come go. right up.
1: It's called yeah. SEO. That's called That's SEO. S-E-O.
2: Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a work of media that you've been enjoying?
3: I'm gonna shout out an album called Ting Mong, which just came out by the LA-based band Dengue Fever,
2: yeah.
3: and uh, they're great. It's like a Cambodian yeah. kind of throwback psychedelic rock band, and the lead singer, her name is Nemo Chom Nemo. She comes from a family of traditional singers in Cambodia, and she is badass like yeah. every note that comes out of her mouth brings you into like a place where you're like okay i don't know i don't understand any of the lyrics and i'm a hundred percent with her like at every single song that she sings every note that she plays and dengue fever is just like they're a treasure they they have a new record ting Wong, and all the songs on it are pretty fantastic so yeah that's that's well, my pick
1: amazing Miles, where
2: can people find you as their working media you've been enjoying? Uh,
1: at, at base platforms, Miles of Gray. Uh, find us on our basketball podcast, Miles and Jack Got Mad, Mad boosties. boosties. Find me on my 90 Day Fiancé show, 420 Day Fiancé, uh, and also uh, The Good Thief, where it's the true crime show where we are in pursuit of the Greek Robin Hood. Let's see, a tweet that I like is actually an excerpt from a Joe Rogan interview um, that Ben Collins at one underscore and then an underscore tweeted. Just said, "How is this real?" Uh, and this is the excerpt. It says, "Don't worry," Rogan explained. "I got my blood work done, and the doctor says you have arsenic in your blood." Rogan continued. "I go, is someone poisoning me?" He said. "It's very low levels." The doctor asked about Rogan's fish consumption, which revealed the prog- r- which revealed the problem. Rogan told the doctor, "Yeah, I eat like three cans of sardines a night." A shocked <laughs> bust retorted, "That's a lot of sardines, man." I love sardines, Rogan said passionately. I love them. I really do. I've always loved sardines.
2: Holy. Oh, just a
1: three can night, huh? All right. You might wow. have a salt deficiency, man. That's that's a lot. <laughs> Holy shit. It's a lot of sardines. I mean, I like sardines. Three cans before Betty Buy? I don't know about that. But
3: every day? Yeah. Like that's what that's what you would you would have to crave them to do that. Just like think about it during the right. day. I mean, that's
1: the body uh-huh. craves what's in the blood, they say. You know, so if you're if all your blood is sardines, then you're probably just powered off sardines.
2: <laughs> he uh price smells really good too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All sardines all the time. <laughs> Anyways, uh you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. I don't know, what what what's the work media? I watched uh Halloween two. I had never seen Halloween two before. I, mm-hmm. that was my horror movie for Halloween evening. And oh. It was a fun time. I will say the Halloween films seem to posit a universe of human beings who like a universe where human beings never developed peripheral vision. Because there are (laughs) so many (laughs) moments where they are looking like just to the left of Michael Myers and have no fucking clue he's there he's like tapping their shoulders like one second one second yeah. <laughs> that literally well, happens <laughs> when he comes up behind a girl and like puts his hand on her shoulder and she starts sucking on his finger because she thinks he's a dude that michael myers actually just killed
1: oh god yeah how did it's, he handle that he,
2: uh, hopefully michael he myers had-
1: wasn't a creep about the whole thing <laughs> Also, his hands are like mad dirty. Like, yeah, dude. So the, dirty. Ugh, without even knowing, I'm like, Michael Myers does not wash his fucking hands. He's so. been
2: leaving bloody handprints everywhere. And then she's just like, yeah. Anyways, uh, (laughs) that's my pick. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song are we sending people out
1: I was actually... Listening to McCleat's album on a day like hey. this, and there is a track on there that I was really fucking with. It's called Soleil Soleil.
3: Hey, uh,
1: I love the percussion. I love the the horns. There's like sax in there with some strings too.
3: All of the above, and yeah. also bass clarinet, baby. Bass that's clarinet. what clarinet.
1: I yeah, I love the textures. I love the palette that's being used on this track. Uh, and not to mention your vocals, everything. So this is you. You guys, y'all got to look it up, but this is McCleet's track, Sole, Sole. All right. Well, we will link off to that in the footnotes. Nope.
2: The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for us this morning. Back this afternoon to tell you what is trending, and we will talk to y'all then Bye. Bye.
0: Bye. From BBC Radio 4.